to be turning in your Bibles to the book of John. For those of you who have your, your little bitty ones and you want to take them there, the, the nursery workers are on their way back now. We will do nursery. They were out enjoying the service and enjoying the Ball Brothers being here, but you certainly are welcome to take your small ones back to the nursery now. I um, The book of John, just, just studying... This week I was I was reading. Any, anybody here like to read? Anybody like to read? I, I can't necessarily say that I do. Um, I never liked to read growing up. I was I was one of those man. About third line in, I was asleep. Um, I, I I learned to love reading my Bible over the years. But there's a difference in reading your Bible and studying your Bible. Studying your Bible takes some work, and, it, and it's a breakdown and some word studies. But to read the Bible, to just read the Bible, I like the Old Testament. I like to just take the Old Testament stories and just read those stories. For studying, I really like studying the New Testament, what Christ has done for me. You know, sometimes you can read a book, and when you get through that book, you're like, I really could have done something else with my time. Um, I put a few hours in, into reading that book, and it really... Didn't do anything. I wish I would have done something else. But really when I'm reading one of those kind of books, I go ahead and I keep reading that book. Because sometimes even though the whole book may, may seem boring and pointless, you, you can get to that one line. Where, where for one minute God got on your page and, and gave you maybe a one line. Or sometimes you read a book and that book literally changes the way you think. And God opens some things up. He changes the way you study in the Bible. Some, sometimes it's a scripture that you read, or sometimes it's simply just that one-liner. It's one thing within something that really changes the way you think. It changes the way you pray. You begin to change some desires based on something because it, it stirs your heart. Well, I read a question. A few weeks back. It messed me up. <laughs> and it's changed the way that I pray. It's changed the staff meetings. It's changed the things that we're looking at. It's changed direction. It's even pursued us to build different things in the building. It's changed some things. Because here was the question. If your church no longer existed, y'all got that part of it? If your church no longer existed, would your community even know it was gone? In another part of it, he said, if your church no longer existed, would your community miss it? Man, that stirred some stuff up inside of me. Because I want Faith Baptist Church to be the church that LaGrange, Georgia cannot live without. I want us to be that church in the community. I want us doing things in the community. I want us to be part of the homeless coalition in the community. I want us to be part of the clean up our town in the community. I want us to be involved of the art ministries in our community. I want us to be a part of the Harmony House in our communities. I want us to be a part of the other women's shelter, the new and that is in our community. I'm not looking to start new stuff in our community. They're already there. They just need help. They just need for God's children to get on board and support it and back it up and actually make a statement in our hometown. I just want Faith Baptist Church to be the church that the community absolutely cannot live without. I've always told you that I wanted Faith Baptist Church to, to be the church that God would have no choice but to bless based on his own word. 
Well, can I tell you, that church will be a church that changes their community. That church will be a church that touches the hearts and lives of the people around. Some of you that I've talked with at different times, you, you know that the reason I brought Zach Williams into this church was to be a blessing to the community. He, he won a Grammy. He's one of the hottest things out there in that style of music. I brought him here to be a blessing, not just to us, but to be a blessing to the community. The Ball Brothers, to be able to bring something in like that on a Sunday, that is a blessing for us. I want you to understand the difference. That's on Sunday morning. I didn't send that out and ask other people. I didn't go fishing in their aquariums. I didn't ask other churches to bring their people here. They have their churches. God blessed them there. Those guys are here to be a blessing to you. We, we brought that here to be a blessing to Faith Baptist Church. Things like Zach Williams on a Friday night, I brought that here to be a blessing to Troop County. I've had people, well, did we make any money off that? Let me just go ahead and clarify something. I didn't bring that here to make money. I will tell you, it is the only thing I've done. That we did make a little bit off of. But that wasn't why we brought them here. And if you want to verify that, go back and take a look at that tour and you'll find that we were the cheapest tickets on the entire tour. I, I even sold 100 tickets to y'all for 10 bucks. Man, most early entry tickets was 20 or 30 bucks for Zach Williams. But we brought that here to be a blessing to the community. You, you look a little further back to, to 10th Avenue North. And, and decade the halls and Zach Williams and who was who was with him Meredith was Meredith Andrews was with him, we, we did that to be a blessing to the community, thousands of dollars and no we did not recover all that we spent doesn't matter I didn't do it to make money, I, I did it to be a blessing to the community, we we brought um. I saw the sign out there Mark Lowry is going on a cruise right prior to that I brought Mark Lowry in here, I brought Mark Lowry in here you know why. To be a blessing to a community. That's not the same people that came to Zach Williams. That, that's, that's kind of a different age group. That, that's a different group of people. Unless you're like me and just came to both of them. But, but the reason that, that I brought him in here was to be a blessing to the community. To, to try to do something and no, 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 no. No, we did not come close to recovering the expenses on that one either. I, I want you to understand it's not about making money. We, we sell tickets to things like that to try to offset the cost and recover. And if God wants us to make anything off of it, that'll be his business. But we do that stuff to try to touch the community with one name, Jesus Christ. Amen. They just sang it. It's all about the cross. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the things, the things that, that, that we do, the things that we bring in, is to try to, to be a blessing in the community. I am... Um, I guess I can talk about this one. I, I told JB, JB knows. <laughs> nobody, nobody else really knows. I hadn't had time to meet with the staff in a little while. We've been a little busy. And we didn't have a staff meeting Tuesday. But I'm working on bringing in. It's kind of a marriage conference, if you will. It's a night of comedy, a night of fun. It's funny stories about marriage. It's funny stories about home. It's funny stories about life. And I'm really excited about being able to bring this to LaGrange, Georgia. The only night that I can get it is a Thursday night, September 20th. Um, and again, staff, y'all now know what we'll be talking about some of Tuesday morning in our three-hour or so meeting. 
but it's to try to bring that here because I'll, I'll be honest with you, we need to do everything we can to try to strengthen the marriages in Faith Baptist Church, to try to strengthen the marriages in LaGrange, Georgia, to try to strengthen the marriages in Troop County, to try to strengthen the marriages to anybody that will come because the devil is on the attack and he's working to tear down the home because the picture of the husband and the bride is the picture of the Lord Jesus and the bride of Christ and the devil's doing everything he can to destroy the home. And if God gives me an opportunity to bring something in to this community to be a blessing, praise God for it. You'd be praying. I haven't, haven't closed that deal out, but I do have a date. They've offered a date, and it looks like we'll, if the staff, if we can pull it off, make everything happen, that'll be September the 20th. We'll, we'll be trying to do that. I, I wanted to do something else that I've been working on. Y'all remember we brought Secret Keeper Girls in here? Anybody remember Secret Keeper Girls? Secret Keeper Girls? A few of you. Anybody enjoy Secret Keeper Girls? It, it was targeted to reach middle school girls. It, it, it was to touch girls and it taught them about modesty and, and, and about appearance and, and about respect. It, just, it, it was a great program designed for, for girls and their mothers, but it targeted more towards the girls. Well, there's another program out. And when I heard it was there, I set out to try to get it. They told us about it at Secret Keeper Girls, whenever that was. Y'all remember it. They talked about they got a program coming out. This for fathers and sons. I said, we need that one. I got news for you. The greatest problem that we're facing, one of the reasons marriages are falling apart, one of the reasons children are what they're in, is because of the absence of a father in a household. And this program is designed for fathers and sons to come together, but it mainly focuses towards fathers. So they offered me four dates. All four of them are on the weekend. That's a good thing, right? Except all four weekends are in October. Anybody know what happens right here in October? So, in all honesty, there's one night in there that is quite possibly the absolute most inconvenient night of the year possible for Faith Baptist Church to host that. To me, the question is pretty simple from God. If you asked me for it and you really wanted it, are you more worried about your convenience or are you more worried about doing the work? It's a Sunday night during October. Y'all know what happens around here in October on Sunday nights, don't you? We sleep. <laughs> if the cat's black, call it black, right? We, we sleep around here. I want you to be praying. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be meeting on, on that on Tuesday. We'll be talking about that. But there is a possibility of bringing that program to Troop County, Georgia on October the 14th at 6 p.m. To me, if there's any way we can pull off the work, prepare this stage, and get it ready, then it's worth it. Because it's a blessing to the community. Amen? Amen. It's, it's, just trying, it's just trying to do things in the community. I'm, I'm working on something really big for our community, but it is also really expensive, really, really expensive. So I'm, I'm working with some people and some sponsors and try to get some people behind us and partner up with some and maybe get some help bringing it, but it'd be a huge blessing to the Troop County. L listen, listen, 
the reason for upgrading the building, and, and if you want to know why we need a bigger foyer, just go out there and try to visit the Ball Brothers table, and you'll understand why we need to knock that wall out and build the bigger foyer. But the reason for preparing the building and making changes and upgrading it 20-something years is to prepare the building for the community to come in, but it does no good if we don't go out and reach the community. It, those of you that took the challenge and read that book from Thomas Rayner about how to be a welcoming church, you know that an inward-focused church is a dying church. If this is about you, you need to change your direction because we're all supposed to be about them. Everything is about the cross. Everything is about reaching our community in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my, my prayer has been, as you know, God, will you break our heart for what breaks yours? Well, I can tell you what breaks the heart of God community that's lost and going to hell and he's got a church right in the middle of it that ain't reaching them i believe that breaks the heart of god uh we, we, we've been praying for for really months now god will you give us the heart of troop county i want faith baptist church to do so much in this community reaching out into the community that they absolutely cannot survive without faith baptist church i want them to see the love of christ through Faith Baptist Church, Amen. I I, I don't before before I get to to John. I'm, I promise I'm getting to my text. Now I, I almost said I don't think, but I would have been very incorrect in saying I don't think. I know for a fact that we're not on this hill by accident. Before the foundation of the world, God saw Faith Baptist Church on a hill in Lagrange, Georgia. A hill is a place for a lighthouse. A hill is a place to steer others away from dangerous rocks. A hill is a place to put a light to draw others in into safety. God put us on a hill for a reason. And I believe for such a time as this. My prayer that God would use us to touch Troop County, Georgia. Amen. Amen. Our text is from the Gospel of John. Look with me if you would at chapter number 9. Chapter number 9, beginning in verse number 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. He asked, his disciples asked him, said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made a clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came, seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind, said, Is this not he that sat and begged? And some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Verse number 10, Therefore they said unto him, How are thine eyes open? He said, a man that is called Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your problem is. It doesn't matter what your situation is, how long you've had it, or whether or not you can see the end of it. There is a man that is called Jesus. He said, a man called Jesus made a clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed, and I received sight. Father God, I pray you take this passage right now, God. I pray, Lord, 
I pray you'd break the heart of Faith Baptist Church, God. If there's people around us lost and on their way to hell, God, I pray you'd take this message, God. I pray you would shape us, mold us, and make us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray you'd bend us where we need bending, break us where we need breaking. God, I pray, Father, that you would make us exactly what you need us to be, God, that you might use us in this day and this time, God, for such a time as this, to be the church, God, that you've put us here to be. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes people, people want you to do things the way another church is doing something. They go look at them. They go say, well, well, well why don't we do things like they're doing it? They, they did this in that community, and they did that, and it worked before. So sometimes people want you to take those ideas and do what another church is doing. And sometimes they want us to do things the way it used to be done, you know, back when it was so-and-so, and that, that's how it was done back then, and, and that worked back then. Why don't we go back and, and do it the way it, it used to be done? And, and sometimes you do something, and you say, well, God, God led us to do something. Another time you say, God led us to do something. Another time you say, but God led us to do something. And those things are really different. They're not the same. And you say, well, well how can God lead you to do something? And then God leads you to do something else. And those things aren't exactly the same. Can I tell you? It's because everything that God does is great. But everything that God does is individual. God doesn't need us to look back at the past. God doesn't need us to look at anybody else's ideas. God needs us to follow God. You, you look at what God told Moses when the children of Israel were out in the wilderness and they were thirsty and they needed water. And he told him to smite the rock and he smote the rock and the water gushed from the rock and they drank from the water and all of the people and all the animals and everything drank. But there was another time in the wilderness when they were thirsty again and they came to a rock and God said, speak to the rock. And the man of God didn't listen. He did it. Hey, you know what? I remember what worked the last time. That's what gets you in trouble, remembering what worked the last time and trying to do what you remember instead of doing what God told you to do. God said, speak to the rock. The man of God smote the rock. Yes, the water came out, but the man of God was punished because of what he did, because he didn't listen. You take this text right here, the blind man. Study the four gospels. Study the scriptures. You know what you'll find in there? Some other blind people. And you know what they have in common? They met Jesus. You know what else they have in common? They all got healed by Jesus. Not one of them was healed the same way. He did all of them a different way. God had his own plan for everything that he did. That's why it's so important for everybody, especially church leaders, to keep your mind stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ, not on the forms of the opinion, opinions of people, but to follow what you believe God would have you to do, not focus on how another church is doing something. That's what God gave them. God didn't give everybody around here a judgment journey. God didn't give everybody around here he's alive, but God gave them theirs. God didn't give us an RU program, but he gave some churches a great RU program, about three of them. Faith Baptist Church so into their ministries. We don't need one. There's some good ones in town. Get behind them, support them, pray for them, help them. To each, God gives his own. Our job is to follow the things of God. Set your sights on Jesus, his will. The will of God, God's guidance, because God is not bound by this single idea. The only idea that matters to God is his idea. He said in Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me. When you shall search for me with all your heart. If you take a look at the 
at the Hebrew text. I see all y'all's fans going out there. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with the air condition. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes, though. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with the air. Dale is on his way to Texas. We already called him and said, get on your phone turn the air down in this place. <laughs> the air says it's down, but obviously it ain't doing something. If you take another look at some of the translations and the way the, these words are done, God, God says, it's not changing God's word. I'm just telling you some other translations. It, 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 it is saying, if you take a look at the Hebrew breakdown of words, God, God is saying, I got a plan for you. And it's a good plan. It's not an evil plan. plan. Plan for you to do good things. Plans for me to do things through you. But, but they are my plans. Plans to prosper you may not always seem like it's in your best interest. You may have to go through some storms. Praise God. Y'all feel that? Where did that air condition come from? Y'all feel that? Man, y'all put a thing through my podium. I can't even move it. I got cables through. Glory to God, that felt good. I don't know about that. It's hot up here. God, God, God says, I got a plan. I got a plan just for you. Don't, don't fret. Don't, don't sweat. Just, just stick to what I want you to do. Spend your time on your knees. Seek God's will. Listen for what God says, and then do what you believe what God says do. Exactly the way God says do it. Here in our text this morning, Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. I want to read this passage real quick again. There's something missing in this passage. There's something missing. I want to read it and see if you can tell me what's missing. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth, and the disciples asked him, said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work, as long as I'm in the world. I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made a clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Can somebody tell me what's missing? Not once. Not once did that blind man ask to see. It's not even in the story. No, no, no what happened was the disciples raised the question. You know, the ones that said, hey, Lord, when we enter into the kingdom, who's going to be the greatest? Will it be I? Will it be I? It's got to be me, Lord. We forsook all and followed thee. It's got to be me. So the same disciples, the one who would speak before they would think, they raise up this question. What's wrong with this man? They want to act like they know something. What's wrong with this man? Is he a sinner? Or is his parents a sinner? Jesus said, you don't know what you're talking about. It's kind of like what we studied on Wednesday night. Those of us in here, we looked at the book of Job when all of Job's friends said, Hey, hey, the reason you're going through all that has got to be because you sinned. No, no, we talked about it on Wednesday night. They didn't understand it because they only had part of the story. They didn't have the first part of the story that took place when God said, Hey, Satan, what are you doing? To and fro, back and forth about the earth. And God said, Has thou considered my servant Job? They didn't have that part of the story. They tried making conclusions off of the finite part that they had. But God has the whole picture of what's going on in our life. And God knows how to make it work for our good and for his glory because God knows it all from beginning to end. Jesus takes advantage of this situation that has presented itself here. The blind man doesn't ask for anything. He's simply the object of somebody else's discussion as the disciples come. And Jesus uses his situation to show that Jesus can do anything, anytime. 
This man's condition, his condition has rendered him a beggar. He's never seen a sunrise. He's never seen a sunset. Never seen any of his family's faces. He, he don't even know what he looks like. He, he's never seen anything. He can't take care of himself. Somebody has to carry him out every day and set him alongside this road so his people come by. He can sit there and beg for his very survival. He's not sitting there complaining. He's just sitting there in his need. He doesn't cry out. You, 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 don't, you don't hear him complaining or talking. He's just sitting beside the road. To many people, he was in the way. To many people, he was just an object sitting there in the way. But to Jesus, he was in the way to do something for the glory of God. See, I, I, I want to be in the way. Amen. Amen. Anybody want to be in the way? Yeah. I, I want to be in the way when God's about to do something special. I, I want to be in, in the way when, when a miracle is about to take place. I, I want to be in the way when my Savior is looking for somebody to sin to go and do a work. I, I want to be in the way when Jesus is looking for an opportunity to do something so that others might be blessed through what he's doing. I, I just want to be in the way. The blind man doesn't ask Jesus for anything. He don't know who Jesus is. The text says Jesus saw him. You see that? The text says Jesus saw him. The, the man never saw Jesus. God, God's going to do something for somebody. I hope somebody's paying attention. Jesus spits on the ground. And then he uses his spit to make this clay. Now, I, I don't know about y'all, but I know about me. How many of y'all think it's gross for somebody to spit on you? <laughs> I'm not even good at baby drool getting on me. I know you moms don't understand that, but if I hand the baby back to you real quick and pull my hand, that was real. I saw it slipping down. You just. <laughs> I love children to death. Somebody just wipe their face before you hand them to me. Mmm. I, 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 I'm not much about nobody spitting on me. But the man couldn't see what Jesus was doing. See, if the man could see, he might have been offended that Jesus took his spit and wiped it on his face. But he couldn't see what Jesus was doing. See, you and I thank God for the things that we see that God is doing. We need to learn to thank God for the things that we can't see. See, you can't see the wreck that you didn't get in this morning. You, you can't see that day this week when you were headed to school, headed to work. You can't see that time when you left and you were on the way and you realized you forgot something at the house. And, and you remember that time. Because right about now you're ashamed of what you thought at that very moment. Because you knew nobody could bring it to you and you knew you had to have it. And the only choice you've got now is to turn around and go back home and get it. And you're irritated because you've got to go back to the house. But if you hadn't had to go back to the house and got the one you did, somebody might have been going to break in your house. What you don't know is that about the time you realized you forgot it and you turned around, what you don't know is if you would have topped the next hill, that person texting and driving was going to hit you head on. What you don't know is when you came through the four-way stop sign or you went through the light and you had the green light that that person was going to run it and T-bone you right in the driver's door. Even worse, maybe right in the back passenger door, right where your child was sitting. We need to learn to think 
Thank God for the things we can't see. God is always working on our behalf. And God is always doing things for our good. We don't, we don't see that Jesus just passed by. And he blessed us with this great miracle. As children of God, we, we were blind. But now I see. Amen. Everybody got that? I was blind. But now I see. But we still don't see everything. See, see, we praise God because of. We praise God because he saved my soul. Somebody say amen. We, we praise God because of the good job that we have. We praise God because of the good health. We, we praise God because of money that we have in the bank. We, we praise God because of the food that we have on the table. We praise God because of the house that we live in. We praise God because of the car that we drive. We praise God because of we can hear and we're part of a singing group. But we need to learn to praise God in spite of. It's good to praise God. All of those things are good. Everything that God did for us, we ought to be praising God because of. We ought to learn to praise him in spite of the job that we just lost. We ought to learn to praise him in spite of I can't hear as good as I used to could hear. We ought, we ought to learn to, to maybe praise him because my, in spite of the fact that my health ain't as good as it used to be. We ought to learn to praise him in spite of the fact that my bank account don't look like it used to. We need to learn to praise God in spite of the thing because God is always working on the scenes, doing things for me in spite of the fact that I can't see it. Isaiah said in chapter 26, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That is God putting water in the rock before you ever got in the wilderness. That is God catching a ram up in the thicket by his horns before you ever climbed up Mount Moriah. That is Jesus Christ all about the cross, going to the cross before you was ever formed in your mother's womb, taking care of your problem before you ever even got here. The things that God does that we can't see. God is working. God is working. Just because you can't see the hand of God working all the time doesn't mean that the hand of God is not working. God is always in the shadows doing things for those who seek his will. You might be in the middle of something right now. Something just doesn't make sense to you. Seems like everything's coming unglued in your life and your world seems to be falling apart around you. The devil... Seems to be coming at you from all directions and you don't know which way to turn. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. If God is guiding it. Just because you can't find an explanation for your situation does not mean that God doesn't have your situation under control. Adrian Rogers said, life is not a problem to be solved. It is a mystery to be lived. Sometimes all we can do is sit back and wait. And see, what is God going to do next? The blind man here in our text. The blind man didn't ask for anything, but Jesus knew that he needed something. And even though the man didn't ask for anything, Jesus gave him something. But Jesus gave him something to do. The man had to participate in his miracle. Do you all see that? I want you to follow me in the story here. The man has to participate, even though he did not ask for anything. He is about to receive the greatest miracle that he could have ever gotten. And he's asked for nothing but he still had to participate in the equation. Jesus could have just said, receive thy sight. And he would have received his sight. Anybody doubt that? Receive thy sight and it's done. The man is healed. But Jesus 
put the clay on his eyes. And he gave him something to do. He said, I want you to go down to the pool of Siloam and I want you to wash. If the man had said, I can't do that. I'm blind. I, I can't walk. If, if the man had said, oh, I've, been, I've been down to the healing pool a lot. I, I, I've been down to that pool before. I've washed my face in it several times and they never helped before. It ain't going to help this time. He, 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 might, he might could have said, I, I don't feel like going down there right now. See, if he had done anything other than what Jesus told him to do, the man would have missed the greatest miracle of his life that he did not even know was coming because God had something in store for him, but he had to participate in his miracle. All I'm telling you is God gives you stuff to do sometimes in the middle of your day, and you don't want to do it. It's not in the middle of your agenda. You don't have time to step out of your daily plans and do it. It's outside of your comfort zone. I don't feel like doing that right now. I don't want to call somebody. I don't want to stop by somebody's house I'm going to be late for dinner if I do that God gave you something to do and the greatest miracle of your life might have been attached to the other side of it and you missed your own miracle because you said God I don't have time to do what you said do this man didn't ask for nothing but Jesus just passed by wonder how many times he's passed by my house just looking to do something for somebody God help us we have no idea the size of the miracle that God had in store for us. We didn't even ask for it. There's never a time in your life that God doesn't want to bless you. It's okay. They got it. There's never a time in your life that God doesn't want to bless you. You hear me? There's never a time in your life that God doesn't want to do something for you. The man came back. The man came back, and for the first time in his life, he could see. The, the neighbor said, is this not the one who was blind? Looks like him. Can we? Let's just pray. Father God, I pray your hand and fall on this campus right now, God. God, I pray you'd reach down. I pray you'd touch situations. God, I pray you'd intervene. I pray that your power fall on this place, God. I pray that you touch the people of the ones that you're going to use. God, I pray you'd do something special right now on this place, God. But we count on you. We trust you. We have nothing else. We need nothing else, God. We're just asking you to do something amazing here right now in Jesus' name. Amen. The man came back, and for the first time, he could see. And the neighbors looked and said, is this the man that, that couldn't see? Some of them said it looks like him. Some of them said it, it sounds like him. But, but others said, man, it's got to be him. I'm knowing. He said, hey, it's me. I'm the one. I'm the one that couldn't see. And they said, how is it that you now see? He said, this man named Jesus came by. And he told me to go down to the pool of Siloam, and I went. He told me to wash, and I washed. And all I know is I couldn't see a lick before then, and I can see now. Hallelujah. So you know what they did? They carried him to the religious crowd. They said, we're going to take you down to the church. So they carried him down to the church, to the legalistic crowd, you know, the do-it-my-way crowd. And the, and the religious crowd, they couldn't see the miracle that the Son of the living God did because they were too busy being out of shape because he did it on the Sabbath day. Hallelujah. What? 
He did that today. This is the Sabbath day. If he were of God, he wouldn't have done it today. So the religious crowd, they call him in to see what happened. And he says, hey, this is what happened. So they call the man's parents in. They said, is this your son? They said, that's our son. Was this man born blind? Yes, he absolutely was born blind. Well, he's talking about some man named Jesus and how he got healed. Can you tell us how is it that he can now see? They said, hey, I don't know. They're part of the religious crowd, and they didn't want to get thrown out of the church. They said, we don't know. He's of age. You just need to ask him. So they called him back, and they asked him again, and they said, how is it that you can see? He said, I've already told you the story one time. Do you want to be one of his disciples? He told them the story, and, and he answered in verse number 25, and he said, that they, they said this man is a sinner. They told him this Jesus you're talking about is a sinner. In verse 25, he answered, he said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. You might be right. I don't know. I don't know Jesus. I, I, maybe he is a sinner. Maybe it's what you say. I don't know. All I know is he told me to do something, and I did something. Before I did it, I was blind, and after I did it, I can see. Look back at verse number 5 just for a minute with me if you would. Jesus said, as long as I'm, the light of the, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. As long as Jesus was in the world, he says he was the light of the world. He, he was helping those in need even when they didn't ask for it. Y'all paying attention? He was meeting the needs of others over the needs of himself. He, he was always looking to put the love of the Father on display no matter where he was. As long as he was in the world, he was the light of the world. The Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Ye are, you are, you are. The light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick and it give light that all that are in the, that giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your father which is in heaven. Jesus said when I was in the world I was the light of the world. But now I have gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. He said, when I was here, I was the light of the world. And I'm coming back to get you. And you're going to be with me in that place. But while you're here, you're the light of the world. While you're here, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works. While you're here, you are the light in my stead. It is supposed to be Christ. In us, as children of God, we are to be the light. That means that you and I are to be a blessing to somebody that didn't ask for a blessing. That means that you and I should be seeing somebody in need. We ought to be taking care of the need even if they didn't ask us to. Helping somebody who needs help even when they didn't ask for any help. This man's parents, they were used to being in church. They were always in the church. They were part of the church, and they were scared of getting thrown out of the church. When they got carried before the priest, they were scared of it. So, so they said, hey, we, we don't know. They wouldn't even defend their own son because they didn't want to get thrown out of the church. Hey, he's of age. You're going to have to ask him. So they brought him back in. They asked him again. She said, I, I, I've already told you. I, I, I've already told you the story. See, see the, boy, the, boy wasn't, the boy wasn't scared of getting thrown out of the church. The boy was blind. He wasn't allowed in the church anyway. He must have been a sinner. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't fit in. He wasn't scared of the religious crowd. 
He said, I don't know who this man is. All I know is he said, go. And, and I couldn't see, and I went, and I did what he said. And, and now I can see they told him, they said, get out of this church. He said, okay. And the Bible says he went and he followed Jesus. There's a lot of people that don't go to church today. It's not because they don't love Jesus. It's because they don't measure up to the standards of the hypocritical church. <laughs> See, at church, you have to measure up to everybody else's standards. At church, you've got to wonder who else is staring at you. At church, you've got to wonder, did I dress good enough to suit them today? Do I look good enough? Is my hair cut in order that I might be pleasing to them today? Have I said or done anything that might be offensive at church? You've you got to measure up to the standards of the church. You've got to abide by the legalistic law of the church, the strict religious practices of men. i got news for you this morning. The reason it's so hard to get so many of them out there to come to church is because they were here one time, and they got thrown out by the religious crowd. And they don't want to hear what we got to say no more unless somebody goes out there and shows them the love of Jesus Christ. The church, the true church, the bride of Christ church, the church that we are called to be, the church that we are supposed to be, the church that we are appointed to be, the church that we are anointed to be, the church that God put us on top of this hill to be, that church is to be the light of the world. That church is to help heal the broken, help the weak, Hold up the feeble and feed the hungry. Take care of those that are in need. That church, God can use us to reach that community. But we got to be that church. We got to be that church. We can't be that judgmental church. We can't be that religious crowd, the Pharisees, that's worried because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. We ought to be praising God that Jesus did something great and mighty. If Jesus did it, then it's got to be right. It's my prayer. God would use Faith Baptist Church. Help us. Help us be a hospital for those that have been broken. Help us to be a lighthouse for those that have lost the way. Help us. Help us be restoration for those that have been cast out. Help us to be a helping hand for those that are in need. <laughs> There's not one of us in this place this morning that don't have our own issues. A lot of people won't go to church today because they've had so many self-righteous people look down their self-righteous nose and tell them, you're sitting in my seat. Fine, keep your seat. I won't be back. There's not a one of us in here that doesn't have our own issues. There's not a person in here that you could stand for a camera to follow you around 24-7 and put everything you look at, everything you say, and everything you do out there for the world to see. There's not, y'all know the, the, the comedy strips? Y'all, y'all in my generation, we know comedy strips. You know, they got the picture of the person, you got the little dot, 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 and it goes up to a cloud of what they're thinking. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all yeah. raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Do y'all know, oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. They still do that stuff, don't they? So you got the little dot, dot, dot that goes up, and you got a cloud, and, and somebody's sitting here doing this, and, and that cloud shows what they're thinking. How many of you right now want a cloud over your head so every one of us can see what you're thinking? We're sitting in the house of God. How many of us could stand? I'll just go ahead and say, let me just change the way I'm even going to say that. Ain't not one of us in here could stand to have that little cloud over our head 24 hours a day for everybody around us to see what we're thinking. We're all just sinners saved by grace 
surrounded by a community that is on their way to hell. And Jesus expects you and I to go out there and get them. That's what we got to do. We got to be that church. Amen. God help us. Chapter 14 of the book of John. I'm done. My last passage. We'll, we'll, we'll come pray. Let me just read this passage to you and I'll end. I don't know how it got so late. I've been doing so good on time. Somebody complimented and said, y'all got to the restaurant first last Sunday. I guess internally I'm just automatically making up for it. <laughs> Chapter 14 of the book of John. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And, and what, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay. God help us be the church. It pleases you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody willing to come pray that prayer with me? This morning in Jesus' name. God help us be that church. God, give us the heart and soul of Troop County, Georgia. Help us to reach a community. Don't, don't let us walk by people on the streets and then one day sit in there and watch them be judged and condemned to hell because we didn't witness to them, because we didn't take time, because we didn't try to tell them about the love of God, because we looked down and we judged how they looked or how they smelled or, or where they lived or what they drove. Help us to be a church that just loves people, that just loves people, people. If it's a person, it's a soul. Jesus died for every single one of them. And he put Faith Baptist Church on a hill in LaGrange, Georgia. And it is our job to reach Troop County, Georgia. That Christ would reach Troop County through us. That we would be the light of the world. That we might be what God has called us to be. Amen. Amen. Could I have you just stand where you're at this morning? Philip, you play, you play something, brother. Let, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you while they're praying. Let me ask you while, while you're praying, while all of you are praying, God's children are praying. I just want to know, is there anybody in here this morning? Daniel and, and the Ball brothers saying it's about the cross. It is about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus Christ came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about God's son nailed to a tree. Every drop of blood was shed from him when it should have been me. That, that, that's what it's about. He shed his blood so that you and I don't go to hell. That's right. But you have a part in your miracle. The blind man received a great miracle. He was blind. Jesus passed by and gave him a miracle. But he had to participate in his miracle. You can still be lost and on your way to hell. Jesus has a miracle in store for you, but you have to participate in your miracle. You have to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You have to accept the gift that he has offered to you, which is eternal salvation through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you accepted the gift? If you haven't, if you don't know that you'd go to heaven if you died this morning, Listen, I want you to understand, I don't have a magic prayer for you. This isn't words that can be spoken from the lips and give you a home in heaven. I can tell you what Jesus Christ did for you, but this is up to your heart. If anything's talking to your, Holy or to your heart, it's the Holy Spirit, it's not me. All I'm doing is just telling you the words of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The Holy Spirit will draw you and let you know that you've never been saved. If you have that in your mind this morning, you've never been saved, the devil wouldn't put that in your mind. He'd never call you to doubt. Are you willing to say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner? We know we're all sinners. Sinners saved by grace and sinners still lost. We're all sinners. Are you willing to pray? Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm asking you in Jesus' name, will you save my soul? Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. You tell him, Father, I don't want to go to hell. I know that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And I trust Christ as my personal Lord and Savior this morning. In Jesus' name. If you said a prayer or anything similar to that this morning, you've trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, and you know because of what he's done for you, you'd go to heaven strictly because you've accepted the gift that Christ paid for you. Right where you're at, I won't point you out, I won't come to you. Will you slip your hand up right where you're at and join the number? We, we've had four already saved this morning through the ministry of the Faith Baptist Church. You hold your hand up high and just hold it up.